Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We're going to be diving deep into something that is particularly important today, something that we haven't spoken about a lot on this podcast, and that's the pandemic and the situation with COVID-19. And before we get into a single thing today, I think it is of the utmost importance to say, guys, just because we're in the functional space, this is not a vaccine conversation. This is not anything like that. This is looking at what we're seeing with COVID and trying to hopefully help people and give them the best options and just another option in fighting this thing. It it doesn't seem to be going away in the way that we had originally planned as a society. And so let's call it what it is. Let's be realistic and let's use every tool we can, whatever that means for you and however that resonates with you to fight this thing. But we are health detectives here and the program that we offer at FDN Thrive, I absolutely believe, and I will share why I believe this, I absolutely believe that it can help support one's body in handling this a little better. And I think we have some objective data to actually back that up. So first of all, just want to shout out the review of the week. It was actually back in January of 2021, the first review we ever got by Sage FE. The title was Inspiring Podcast. I'm so glad that information like this is out there. Thank you so much. Hey, you know what? Simple and to the point, but very meaningful at the same time. You are very welcome. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking the time to do something so simple yet so meaningful as to leave a review. Because when people leave reviews, it helps us get in higher rankings. And what that means is that more and more people get the opportunity to hear this information. And I stress that point consistently over this podcast, and I'm biased, right? It actually comes from me kind of projecting even, but I think it's a projection that is not necessarily damaging or unhealthy, so I'm fine with doing that. What I mean when I say I'm projecting is I know what it's like to see family members suffer and yourself suffer and be willing to do the work but not having the options because of ignorance. You don't know what the options are yet. You don't know that there's other stories out there like this. You don't know that there's information out there like this. You don't know that there's science out there like this because you could spend the rest of your life studying all the scientific literature and you'll never get to where you want to go. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you, you could spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of your life just reading nothing, reading nothing meaningful to you. And it's a beautiful thing that we have access to this in the modern world where we can have so many people looking at the latest scientific literature and pointing out things that all of us can see then on like social media or whatever. So that we get the attention brought to it. So then we can all go in as our own little health detectives that we are <laughs> and analyze this stuff and say, all right, this person's saying this study's good. Does this really match up? Let me do some investigative work here. Does it actually make sense? And hopefully it does. And then we can use that and focus on it. So I'm very passionate about it. I have shamelessness in my projections because I do think people have the right to know all of the information to make better decisions in their health issues. And I try to separate when I'm speaking on behalf of myself versus FDN Thrive. I think I could safely say that FDN Thrive would back me up on that one. You know, people deserve to have all the options for sure. So we're going to talk about COVID a little bit. 
And the reason this is super important now, I mean, it almost seems like late, right? It's like July of 2021. Now you guys are just going to talk about COVID. I think there's a reason for that. And I think it's one that was actually playing it the appropriate way and professional way. Everyone, when this came out, even people that weren't in the health space at all, they jumped in with their opinions on it, right? And there's some place for that. We need people giving opinions and giving thoughts on things so long as they're actually open to other opinions and other thoughts, right? I'm not just saying throw it out there without any willingness to have it challenged or be subject to change. But assuming that they're willing to do that, I think that's a great thing. However, it led to a lot of confusion, misinformation. And the truth of the matter is, as scary as it is to admit, when things like this occur, because they will occur again, there will be new viruses, there will be new strains of bacteria, there will be new fungi, not to freak anyone out, but there is a quote unquote super fungi of sorts, a super yeast. Uh, it's actually a strain of candida going around right now, and it's found in Washington, D.C., and Texas, last time I checked, and it's like resistant to the normal antifungals, right? So that's a problem. That, that's really not a good thing. And I don't, again, I don't want to scare you because you're like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Why haven't I heard about that on the news yet? Well, the truth is these isolated pockets have experienced this, not isolated pockets in the term of Washington, D.C. is not an isolated pocket, but I just mean these pockets of places where people experience these strains of superbugs, if you will, and then it kind of gets under control and it's all good. But this has happened actually quite a bit over the last 10 years, 20 years in America, at least. I don't haven't looked into other countries. I'm sure it's the same there. But this has happened. It's a real thing and it will occur again. And perhaps one time we're not going to get so lucky where it's just stuck in these places and it actually turns out to be a real thing. With that knowledge, when COVID was first announced, I, I'd like to be an objective person. And I, I feel like my opinions on this have shifted a lot throughout the pandemic. And I think it's justified because people always forget in my personal life, now I'm speaking personally, I was one of two people on a packed plane on February, it was either 28th or 29th of 2020. Ooh, I guess that would have to have a 29 in it that year. So yes, it was the 29th of 2020 and I'm flying down to Florida on a packed plane. Now think about it. The coronavirus, uh, COVID specifically, had been like talked about, but it wasn't anything really known about it yet. You had some very early people maybe kind of freaking out. Most people are thinking, what is this? Like another Ebola scare? Like, okay, we're not doing anything about it. So I was on a plane, fully packed. Again, go, uh, from Philadelphia to Florida, if you're familiar with the area at all, you've ever flown that route, you know how busy those are. I mean, there are just so many flights going out to Florida every single day. One other person's wearing a mask and they're wearing a cloth mask and I'm the only person wearing an N95. And I actually have this documented. So I wasn't doing it for that reason. It was for a different reason, but I'm so glad I do now because since my opinions have somewhat shifted, you can't really say that I'm just being biased because I was one of the people who was trying to be extremely proactive about this, mostly with the fear in mind that this could be a super bug. I mean, this is, again, remember, we knew nothing about this really at that time. This was scary. And so I'm like, okay, this might be it. Better prepare. Don't want to be a guinea pig for this. Let's not do it. However, what we've seen over the last year and a half now, basically, it's kind of crazy. Can you, <laughs> I know this is off topic to a degree, but can you believe this has been a year and a half almost? I mean, that's, there's a part of this that has felt so long, but as I just said that, I was like, 
wow, a year and a half of our lives has been spent focused on this. And this is really all we talk about. It's going to be kind of strange one day, actually, when this is no longer talked about, because it seems like such an integral part of our lives now. As this has continued, more and more science has come out, more and more literature has come out, and we've seen correlations, which are not necessarily causation by any means, but some are pretty significant and, and serious and need to be taken seriously into consideration about what we need to do with this and what the right answer is. So there are many options, right? There are multiple medications that are theorized or hypothesized to be useful and not necessarily proven. And some are kind of proven, not here to debate that at all. I mean, I've had people in my life that thought that was crazy. I've had people in my life that literally snuck ivermectin and what's the other one? Hydroxychloroquine, I think. I think that's what it's called. Um, into the hospital when they had COVID <laughs> because, you know, that's what they chose to do. Um, I try to stay as a neutral party. I, I think, again, from a personal perspective now, that's one of the few things I think I'm good at. And I don't mean that in some being hard on myself type of way. Oh, you're only good at a few things. No, I mean, I think as humans, especially a relatively young one, you can only be so good at so many things at a young age. And I think I've thankfully developed a cool skill of really hearing out every side of things, whether it's political, religious, or health or whatever. And it creates a safe space where these people can come and talk to me because they know Ev's going to actually listen so long as I'm a half decent human being, right? And so that's cool. So these people have talked to me and told me this stuff. I'm like, wow, that's a little crazy, but okay, you did that and that's your choice. So we're not here to talk about that today at all. I'm not here to talk about a vaccine, nothing like that. Although I will mention something with the vaccine that does relate to this. It's absolutely relevant. I had a very close friend and she is or was in an accelerated nursing program and she's about to graduate. Well, sorry, did graduate, about to start in the workforce. I think she has like one more mini test, but she's technically graduated. So I don't fully understand what the qualifications are there. She had to get the vaccine and probably would have anyway. That was her choice. So that's cool. And she got the vaccine and felt very sick from it. Now, she was fine after 72 hours, but she did get very sick from it. She was one of those people, a uh, young female that had side effects. Now, what's strange is she only got this two or three months ago, I believe. I mean, certainly how long could it have been, right? <laughs> but it was like two or three months ago. And then she just got COVID two weeks ago at the time of recording this or time of posting this same day recording. And so she only knew she had COVID because she was so sick and lost the taste and smell, felt awful, terrible fatigue, hospitalization, absolutely not, but severe symptoms. And so that, just to be clear, because I know where people's minds can go with that. Oh, what is he arguing the vaccine? No, no, no. I'm not arguing that at all. I'm arguing that there is perhaps a fundamental issue here that is not being addressed by the mainstream that certainly many of our listeners, to be honest, probably already agree with, but we can explore it a little deeper today briefly. And I think it's worth doing, especially as health detectives, right? <laughs> now that that's the theme of the show, and we've always been health detectives, it's just not necessarily calling it that. We need to do this. We need to explore things that other people aren't willing to explore, and we need to do it in an objective way in a way that's kind to all sides and in a way that welcomes new information at any given time. We have to be willing to welcome in new information so that we can better serve people. And when people get into these debates about topics like this or politics or religion, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, are you trying to be right or are you trying to help people live a better life? Because whether it's something with health or whether it's a political policy or a religious belief, shouldn't the core of all of those beliefs be to serve the greater good? and to give people the best information possible so that they can live the best lives. I'm, I'm open to being wrong about that. I'm not saying that I'm correct per se. I'm just saying 
Isn't that what all of these things are for? Or shouldn't they be at least? So that's an aside, but it's relevant to this in the sense that there is a fundamental point missing with the whole story that I just told. It's that a person that is young, and she hasn't listened to this, thankfully, but I'd love if she did. (laughs) A person that is young got the vaccine, got side effects from it, and then also still got COVID a very short period of time later. So is it the virus's problem? Is it the vaccine's problem? Or is it the fact that the part I didn't mention here, and you know what, even if she did listen, I don't want you guys to think I'm being rude. I, I know her well enough to know that she would be okay. She would be okay with me sharing this because she knows where I'm coming from and I think she would use it as a way to help people. At this time, through some choices, but also actually not really through a fault of her own, there's a lot of things out of her control going on. She's not in the best health. And I mean, in many ways, doesn't necessarily take care of herself at all in terms of the basics, especially like sleep and a lot of eating stuff. And so we need to look at the core health status of a human being and what that allows them to endure. Because, you know, let's just call it what it is. People in the health space, we are often asked, especially in the functional space, because they automatically assume what your opinion is. You know, people have asked me, Ev, what is your opinion on the vaccine? And again, I'm not here to give that tonight. But I will say, it, and you know what, I'm not here to give it tonight, because I don't, quite frankly, I don't have one. I hate that people assume what the opinion is because I'm in the functional space. I don't know enough about this. It's new. You know, I, what am I supposed to say? Like people are dying from COVID. There might be long-term side effects to a newer medication that we don't know about. I don't have the answers to that. I'm, I'm glad that so many people think that they do, um, but we don't pretend to have that here. <laughs> All we know is that healthy human beings, by definition, should have a larger probability chance of doing well with certain diseases or certain illnesses. I mean, wouldn't that make sense? Now, there's probably things that could exist or have the potential to exist one day that are so deadly that no matter how healthy we are, they have a hundred percent infection rate and a hundred percent death rate. Okay. Well, we did what we could, but the reason these conversations are worth having is because COVID-19 does not kill a hundred percent of people. It does not hospitalize a hundred percent of people. So one has to, has to then start asking what is the differences or what are the differences between the people that are and aren't hospitalized? What are the differences between the people that do and do not pass away from it as a direct result? What are the differences? And this is something that's more welcomed in our space. It's not being talked about as much mainstream. I don't, I'm not saying that in the terms of uh, they're trying to not talk about it. I just think it's maybe not being recognized as much yet. But how about long-term COVID type stuff, right? Long haulers. We're seeing symptoms months and months down the road. What are the differences between people that get it and don't have that? And people that get it and do have that. I think at this point, it is safe to say that your health status is probably the biggest factor in those differences that we just described. And there becomes this like irony when people ask me, oh, do you think you should get the vaccine or not? Or what do you think you should do? I have like, what do we need to do? What supplement do we need to take? Well, the question is not what supplement do you need to take or should you or should you or should you not take the vaccine? It's like the people that 
I think are most at risk from COVID are probably the most at risk for taking a medication as well. That's newer. And that's, that's the ironic part, right? I'm, I'm laughing, but I don't mean that nothing about this is funny. Obviously it's just like, if I did think that someone needs to be totally worried about getting COVID or getting the vaccine, it's probably the same person <laughs> because this is something now where we're seeing, let's get to some studies, right? Let's actually do some actual detective work rather than my just speculation here. Let's talk about the vitamin D status because this is kind of what I am getting at when, or what I've been leading up to. We're seeing some pretty notable things that are like, should be, you would think, really easy wins that I see completely underplayed. All right. So we know that there were studies done with vitamin D status and the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 specifically, and it showed that people that had vitamin D levels that were below 30 nanograms per milliliter, um, that was the, or sorry, I'm wording this kind of wrong. People of 227 people, COVID-19 positive patients, and I'm going to cite these uh, studies that I'm listing just so you know in the show notes. So please always feel free to check them out. There's, there's no reason we should share something like this if we're not going to cite it. But in this particular thing, we have 227 people that were tested positive for COVID-19 and 94.27% of them had vitamin D levels that were below 30 nanograms per milliliter. Now, this number was not selected arbitrarily. If you're familiar with other vitamin D studies, you'll know that the risk of all-cause mortality goes down the higher your vitamin D status up until 30 nanograms per milliliter. Now, as far as I know, there's never been te uh, any tests or studies done for anything higher. So perhaps that number is incomplete. I generally believe that it is because in the functional space, when we're talking about vitamin D optimal ranges, like Western will call it you know, 30, 40, 50 milligrams, uh, 50 nanograms are actually not going to go that high at all, to be honest, most likely. We're going to say in the 60 to 80 range. So it seems like that fact alone has some implication here. Now, again, correlation is not causation, but this is important. Now, here's something that's a little different and even more important. Just pull it up here. If you can't hear me clicking, I just want to be accurate in what I'm saying. You know, I want to make sure that we're saying the right thing. So I think it's important to pull it up. So we're, we're doing something correct here. Because it's a hard conversation, right? It's unfortunate that it is, but it is. Among 100, I'm quoting a direct article now, so I'll make sure I post that again. Among 148,494 adults who received a COVID-19 diagnosis during an emergency department or inpatient visit at 238 U.S. hospitals from March to December, 71,491 people were hospitalized. Of those who were admitted, 27.8% were overweight and 50 0.2% were obese, according to the CDC report. Overweight is defined as having a body mass index BMI of 25 or more, while obesity is defined as having a BMI of 30 or more. So this is really fascinating to me because you probably saw this. This was a little more mainstream at one point. Uh, this is actually, uh, I've, it is a real study, of course, but I'm pulling it off of CNBC. That's the thing I will cite so that you can go to the other articles that are cited in this article. It starts off by saying about 78% of people who have been hospitalized needed a ventilator or died from COVID-19, or sorry, who have been hospitalized needed a ventilator or died from COVID-19 have been overweight or obese. Now, when you just read that on the surface, that sounds like, wow, that's incredibly significant. I mean, that's, I mean, that's seriously, you can't ignore something like that, right? So I'm not certainly saying that 
I feel like I don't know why this gets misinterpreted. I'm sure this audience, some of these disclaimers that I'm putting on, I feel like this audience would never even make those interpretations or assumptions. So that's good. But I feel like I got to say this stuff just to be careful because I want to be clear about what I'm saying and what I'm not. Does that mean someone that's overweight or obese deserves to get COVID or be on a ventilator or die? No. But we also need to ask the question then if someone is dealing with a mostly lifestyle related problem. Is it fair to shut down everything and affect all of us if this is a main contributing factor, which I don't think we actually have enough information to say yet, but it is an interesting question, right? It does bring up something. But what was even more interesting in the CDC's report is that we're not, is 78% being overweight or obese is like one thing, okay? Because 70% of America is overweight or obese. But when they specify that 50%, 50% of people that were in hospitals, died, or on ventilators, were obese. That's something that can't be ignored. You know, so let's just take 50% of the population that isn't obese, that did, you know, die, end up on a ventilator, or end up in the hospital because of this. Well, first of all, think about how much lower the numbers would be. Still significant stuff, no doubt about it. But think about how much lower the numbers would be in that case. But then the other thing is, obesity and being overweight are things that are recognized by Western medicine. What about the standards of health that functional medicine applies? What about the standards that people at FDN Thrive apply? What if those standards were imposed by society? What would the numbers then look like for deaths, hospitalizations, and usage of ventilators for COVID-19 patients. I am not for one second suggesting that I have the answer to that or know that 100%. But I think you can understand the train of thought here. I think it's a good one. It's good enough to put myself out there publicly in a work setting to say, yeah, you need to be healthy. And you need to be healthy by a standard that is not just Western medicine standard. And I don't, we're not bashing on Western medicine. If you're listening to this for the first time, for whatever reason, we never do that. We have MDs on the podcast. We have MDs that work in FDN. That's not what we're saying, but it's pretty clear. I mean, you don't really need to be in the health space to just understand that obviously Western medicine doesn't have the best standards for people's health. Otherwise we wouldn't be dealing with the chronic illness and chronic overweight or weight epidemic, I should say, that we are. You know, it's kind of like by definition, they don't have high enough standards or they don't know the right solution for chronic issues. Very much so do they know the solutions for acute and serious and life-threatening things. I think they pretty much nailed that. They did a really damn good job. And increasingly so, they do a good job with that. So the question I want to think tonight, or uh, talk about tonight and have people think about and where we want to go with this detective work is, what does it mean to be healthy? What are the standards that we're imposing on society? Are they high enough? And if they were high enough, is COVID-19 a pandemic level issue? Does it shut down a world? Does it affect economies? And these are fantastic questions and all, I I think at least, I mean, they're, they're great to ponder, but the bigger thing is here, this is a health podcast, right? And 
I want to actually leave on a note of encouragement and hopefully inspiration to say, we're not, you heard me in the episode, we're not here debating COVID-19 or the pandemic or anything like that. But what we're saying is, it's probably not going anywhere, at least not in the way that we thought it would after the vaccine came out and all these things started happening. I mean, we're already seeing at the time of recording this, CDC guidelines coming back in America saying, hey, you know what? Probably fully vaccinated people should be wearing masks again. We're seeing that right now. Maybe it's time to ask, what what does it mean to be healthy? And you know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast or if you're brand new here, please check out some episodes. And again, if you're a regular listener, think about the episodes you've listened to. And if you're new, go check them out. Listen to the stories that you're hearing here and try to think about, wow, is that a standard of health that I want to live by? Because when these incredible individuals and brave, quite frankly, who have come on the show and shared their stories of health, you realize it's an entirely different standard. And it turns out when you have different standards of health, you get wildly different results. Sometimes people, those results can include people coming with severe autoimmunity for 20 years and then finding complete resolution to that within six to six months to 12 months. That's not a claim. That's just things that have been actually said <laughs> and experienced. Maybe it's time to change the standard of health and maybe not to promote fear. There's, there's no reason to promote fear in this. That doesn't help anything. But maybe you're sitting thinking lately, Wow. This is, I thought this was going to get better and it is a little bit, but like now there's new variants and wait a second, it's getting so bad that we have to wear masks again with the vaccine and people in our own lives, we're seeing not the norm, but certainly it happens. They're getting sick even with it. I think it's time to change the standard of health. And if you're ready to do that, maybe you have other motivating factors but maybe this is one of the main ones for you that really got you into this. And it's certainly, we've seen it. The health space has blown up as a result of this, which is bittersweet. But if you need help and you need a place to start and a place that has historically had a very strong foundation and opinion on what it means to actually be healthy, well, you found the right place. It's FDN Thrive. And we're happy to help you out. You can find us at www fdnthrive.com. Click the get started here button. You'll end up on a call with one of us, probably me. (laughs) And we'll talk about your health stuff. We'll talk about what's going on. And we'll figure out a plan for you and a paradigm shift really so that you can change your standard of health, both mentally, like thinking about what it actually means and objectively, like this is how I live now. These are the lab results I'm going to accept. These are the numbers I'm going to take. I'm not going to accept anything else anymore. Because I now know that this is bigger than just chronic illness, which was already a very severe thing. Let's not underplay that. But this is bigger than just chronic illness. I might actually get a very severe virus and not be able to handle it in the way I should be able to. And it could lead to severe consequences in my life. Again, as a final note, the last thing I ever want to do here or any of us want to do here is promote fear. That's not the way to do this. We don't want to humor fear any more than we have to, to be realistic about life. But we got to think about this. And some people didn't change. They were just waiting, waiting, waiting. It doesn't look like waiting so promising. So maybe it's time to take action. And you know what the cool thing is? 
when you start taking action and you're doing these types of things and doing this type of work, you're going to get a lot more benefits in your life than maybe just some potential protection against a very scary thing that's going on. You're going to see better relationships because you react better to things. It happens. I've experienced it myself. You're going to experience more confidence as you feel healthier and maybe you lose some weight or your skin clears up. I've experienced that myself. Your path in life is going to be clearer. Turns out when you're not obsessed with your health all the time because you're not having to worry about it because it is the main barrier in your life, you actually can think about what do you want? What do you love doing? How do you want to spend your time here? Because it's finite, right? It's limited here. www.fdnthrive.com. We're here to help. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to yet another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by FDN Thrive. If you like this information and would be so kind as to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we would love you even more than we already do. We had to get this little PSA out today, but don't worry, our interview, or our normal interviews, I should say, will be back in just a couple of days. We'll talk to you then. Have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com. Thank you.